Hey everybody, it is Trags, Mike Petralia, back with another episode of the Jungle Roar podcast. And I didn't think we'd be 0-2, so I am back with somebody who I think has all the answers. That's uh, Butch Hobson, Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com to discuss uh, the Bengals 0-2 start there. 23, excuse me, 20 to 17 last second loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Butch, how you doing? Thanks. How are you? It was good to see you last night at the uh, at a very good Red Sox. Yeah, Red let's be, before we talk some football, let's get that out of the way. Um, I think everybody knows, uh, certainly by the fact that you're wearing the hat you're wearing, uh, that it's a special week uh, in the Hobson household. You actually get to see your hometown nine, the Boston Red Sox, come to Cincinnati and uh, play against the Cincinnati Reds. I joined you uh, last night and in your seats, and it was a blast. Uh, the Reds fell short. The Red Sox uh, exhibited what they should have been exhibiting. I'm sure you will attest all year long, timely power and solid pitching and a uh, clutch bullpen effort in the end. Those yeah. things we have not said all year about the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, they had, they were still throwing underhand out of the bullpen there at the end. Uh couldn't find the plate and it was uh, that almost seems to be an automatic now is uh, no matter what the score is, the winning run comes to the plate, uh, no matter what the score is. So they get that. But Raffy, I went to see Raffy. I, I was going to see the one to see Bogarts playing his last game. And the last time I'll probably see Bogarts in a Red Sox unit. And I wanted to see Raffy continue his uh, obliterating all of Tony Canigliaro's young slugging records. And I got to see both. Bogey, Bogey scored a run. Raffy won the game with a with a bomb. And uh, now it's on to the Jets, and let's win there. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. And J.D. Martinez, by the way, uh, with a big night. He also knocked uh, Nick Senzel out of the game with a drive to deep center field, an RBI triple early on in that game. And, boy, that I, I don't know about you. I could hear Senzel hitting the outfield yeah. wall from my seat. It was a loud, loud thud, to use yeah. a football term. Yeah, yeah. well, they reminded me of, of another center fielder going against the wall in a yeah, Red, Red Sox game, yeah. uh, the great Fred Lynn. And you had me, uh, you one up me uh, last night, uh, Trags, with your hat. Your hat, of course, has the 75 World Championship logo. Oh, right up there on the far yeah. left of my bookshelf. That is the hat I wore last night to the game. And those are happier times for uh, Reds fans, to be sure. But I think there's a bright future for that franchise. Don't know about the Red Sox. I really don't. Right. But, uh, when, when would you have thought that? When would you have said that? Uh, but I'd uh, say That's exactly true. But the thing yeah. is, the Red Sox can fix all of their problems with cash. Yeah. Reds, not so much. They've got to be more patient. All right. On to football. That's why people are actually, I think, <laughs> watching this podcast and uh, what happened. Let's first of all do a quick postmortem of what happened with the Cowboys game. Bengals, again, offensively looked very poor. Uh, they couldn't protect Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow looks very uncomfortable uh, in the pocket. Can't get the ball downfield. You know, that's their game, the big plays, you know. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, they are not getting, I think the longest pass play they got this year is 24 yards, and that's not them, you know. And uh, I thought it was interesting what Brian Callahan said on Monday, Trags. He talked about how, you know, 
uh, you're not coming up with any new plays. There's a balance, you know, there's a balance, new right. plays, but you've also got to go to the, you also have to go, uh, yes, have standby. You have to go to the well for the plays that you practice and are invested in, you know? And so I don't see them ripping up stuff, but they've got to get that long ball going. And, uh, you know, there's only one way to do it is you got to give them time. And so, I mean, it's pretty, I guess it's pretty simple, isn't it? So here's my attitude on that, Butch. It's not so much about the X's and O's, but the Jimmy's and Joe's. And I know it's a football cliche. What I mean by that is the offensive line has to start beating the hell out of people. They are not exerting their will. And to me, football at any level, high school, college, or pro, is about exerting your will over the opponent. First two games, the Bengals have not been able to do that. And they better find a way to do that, or it doesn't matter what plays Brian Callahan is dialing up. They have got to win at the line of scrimmage. And offensively, they have not looked good at the line of scrimmage. And to me, I, I've always believed this, Butch, that starts with a power running game, getting the running game going in some way, shape, or fashion. Yeah, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, you know me. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old school guy. I, I go back to uh, Sam Bam Cunningham. So yep. I, uh, but you know, uh, something too about this team that's amazing to me. They are never out of it. You know, the, the toughest. I think that's a dangerous tight ro- tightrope act. To well, yes, it is. It walk. is. But I mean, I, I I'm I'm continually <laughs> amazed since Burrow's been in the chair. Uh, and I know this because I, 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 writing writing a game story for a borrowed team is impossible. Yes, correct. Because it seems because it seems like everything happens in the last six minutes. Yes. You know, it, it just you know, can you imagine what they do with a good first half? I mean, because this guy, I, I mean, because it's man, I mean, I, uh, it's it's been it, just when you sit back, and I was thinking about this after we talked actually, and I was thinking about. All his near fourth quarter, and this, and this, and you're right. You can't you can't walk that tightrope. You have to win. You got to win a lot. You know, you got to win a lot of games by ten points. You know, but he just has this knack to uh, keep them in keep them in games. I mean, and you think back last year, same thing. They uh, 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 they won a game on the last play of overtime, and they won a game on the last play of uh, regulation in September. Now they've done that in the first two weeks. So, but they did the same thing, but they've lost them instead of won them. So uh, obviously, uh, which just goes to show you how close, you know, what if that, what if it had been reversed last year, this year, you know? So, I mean. So here's my thinking. And how many times have we heard Joe Burrow say this? I've spent like the first quarter, he spends the first quarter figuring out what this game is going to be and what they're going to show him. I think that needs to stop. And I think it's, I'm going to try to ask Burrow this this week or even Zach uh, or whoever in the locker room offensively. It's time to stop reacting and it's time to start dictating the terms of what you're trying to do. And I think the successful teams are able to dictate what they're going to do in the game plan. And then if the team answers it, you counter it. That I understand. But the idea of sitting back, waiting to see what they're going to show you, I think the Bengals have been burned by that offensively in the first two games. And I didn't write this in my column for CLNS today, but 
they have to start dictating the tempo right out of the shoot in the first quarter, or they're going to continually fall behind. Something I, I'll say, and I, I think in their defense, uh, uh, you know, I think you have to say they haven't, they, the, the score has not been with them. And, you know, right away against Pittsburgh, they were down after Burroughs, you know, second first right. throw, they were down. Right. Uh, and they were down right away uh, after that first drive. So, you know, they they use the term complementary football. They have not had it. Um, and I think uh, a lot of this stuff, I think, is dictated by, my God, they've been. it seems like they've been down by double digits the whole year. You know, and I think that, that really cuts into your playbook, I think. And I think these guys are just uh, – these guys are just pinning their ears back. These guys are just, they're coming after Joe. I mean, that's just the, and, and the score, I think the score has exasperated that, you know? Uh, I'm not sure I pronounced that right, Trags, but I'm not a, exacerbated. I'm not a broadcast. I could spell it. I could spell it after a spell check. They, they are exasperated by their <laughs> exasperate. <laughs> um, that's let's easy for you on. to say. Yeah. That's easy for uh, you to say. But you know what I'm saying? But 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 what I'm saying is the score. I think once they get into a game where it's you know where the where they you know where they can score first, I think the whole thing is different. I mean, you know that. I mean, you know, I mean in this league, it's almost the, the game's almost as dictated as much by the first eight minutes as it is by the last eight. But my my, my whole thing there, Butch, is at some point they have got to come out and punch the other team in the mouth. They can't sit back and wonder, okay, how are they going to come at us, be passive about it, and then respond. That has I would throw that out the window yesterday, that attitude, that approach. They have to come out and punch the other team in the mouth, and you do that by running the ball, getting physical. And the one thing that I did write, Butch, is they have to find a way to engage Lael Collins, their right tackle. And to me, the best way to do that is just tell Lael, find two guys, off the snap and hit them, pound them into the ground, and we're going to run Mixon right behind you. And that lets Lel Collins know, okay, Mixon's behind me. He's counting on me. I got to get engaged here with the blocking schemes. I want this recorded and dispersed to all Bengals media members, particularly Daner, who is always accusing me of being the old man uh, wanting to run the ball. So I would like to, I would like your... I would like this uh, this dissertation uh, distributed. To so, the, to the and I know a few others on the beat who are like, it's a pass first league. You've got to pass to win. Well, no kidding. You have to pass to win. But to be able to pass to win, you've got to protect the quarterback. And if teams are just saying, okay, we're going to, we know you're going to pass 80% of the time. Well, if that's the case, they're going to be like, okay, we'll rush and do everything we can to pin our ears back and get to the quarterback. And if we get beat on a couple of plays, we'll play Tampa two and we'll give you a 20 yard gain every once in a while. Great. We don't care because you're not going to score in the red zone. And how poor have they been in the red zone this year, Butch? They've been very bad again. And, and that's again, Another trend that is carried on, uh, carried over from last year. I think. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it too is. Uh, I think uh, the offensive line. I mean, I think a lot of it is. You know, the offensive line hasn't been together that long. I mean, they, sure. they signed these guys in March. They really they haven't played together since what the Rams scrimmage. Right. Right. That's that's no excuse, but I think it's a. I think it's. I think the red zone's a factor. I think. Uh, 
here's something else too, kind of a big picture view. I mm -hmm. I, I get the red zone stuff is, but I'm wondering too, and you know, and I think you saw this up close with Belichick for all those years. He was a guy that almost took, he almost took September as a uh, kind yes. of a lab, kind of as a lab. He right? did. And, and, and uh, so I think, you know, the plays that aren't working now or aren't timed up, they're going to be working in October and November. You know, I, myself personally, I think, because I think that's a little bit what happened last year. I think they really didn't get rolling. And I think this is a trend throughout the league too, because of the work rules. You know, these guys are not on the field like they were even five years ago. You know, I mean, the 2020s, are a lot different than the 2010s when it comes to preparing for a season. So I, I, you know, I mean, I get it 0-2 when everybody wants to jump off the roll blank. But I just think, I think this 0-2 isn't your father's 0-2, I think I might say. It's so, not even it's not even your big brother's 0-2. So, and there is an extra game, and we tend to forget that. There are 17 games, not 16 oh. games. That is a big deal. Yep. And, but I would tell you about those Belichick teams. The only yeah. team to start Belichick team to start 0 and 2 was back in 2001. That team did win the Super Bowl. They came from behind, you know, that season, um, you know, inspired by 9 11 and whatnot, and finished 11 and 5. But that means they won 11 of their final 14 games. Right. Is this team capable of doing that? I think so. I yeah, think I they certainly have the talent on the roster. Nobody's saying that. I'm right. just telling you, Butch, and, yep. it, and it, it's one of my pet peeves. Football is a, still a physical game won in the trenches. And all you have to do to realize that is watch how Burrow has been beat up and has been pushed off his spot, as they say in football terms and quarterbacking terms. He, Burrow has been pushed off the spot constantly and is not able to dictate the terms down the field. And for the Bengals to correct that, it's not about so much the, the scheme, the passing schemes, as it is you've got to make the defenses concerned about, well, if we rush and they throw to the place we're vacating or we run uh, you know, a successful draw or two or three, they're going to gash us for 30 or 40 yards. That's what the Bengals have to start doing to get these teams to back off a little bit. So let me ask you this. Uh, what if they win the toss? I thought that this, you know, it's funny. I was driving to Great American Ballpark on Tuesday night, yeah. getting ready to take in the Reds, Red Sox and meet my good friend, Jeff Hobson. Right. And I thought if they do win the toss, is there some urgency to take the ball this time and not defer and march down the field and get a lead? I think that thoughts crossed their mind. If it's crossed our, our mind, you know, it's crossed their mind. Yeah that maybe we take the ball this time, put it in Joe's hand and say, go down and get us some points. Yeah. And I, and they're, and they're, and they're going to score. And that, that drive, that 19 play drive or whatever it was. 19 plays. 19 plays. Yeah. 83, 1983. It was a great year. Sixers. <laughs> uh, and Dr. J swept the Lakers in the NBA finals. What? Um, you didn't graduate from high school that year. You graduated. One year later. Before, One year right? later I did. That's correct. It, here's the, I mean, that yeah. drive though. You saw how good those receive the Burroughs wide receivers are, you know, which uh, made me think, you know, they're going to bust out here at some point because I don't know how they can cover these guys, you know, and Tyler Boyd ran the route. He ran the route of the day in the, uh, on the two point conversion. 
Yes. That was a big yes. read route, man. Great point. That's that's a uh, and 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 Jamar is just I, I I know Jamar by Jamar's standards, he had a pedestrian day, but 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 like uh, and this is happening to Trey Hendrickson on the uh, Trey Hendrickson is getting doubled and tripled. I mean, I think you were out there on the last snap. I, I, I mean, they are sending everybody at Trey Hendrickson, and it's the same thing with Jamar. I mean, he was doubled. He's doubled. He, he's been doubled ever since the season started. You know, he's still got, you know, so I, I'm just amazed at the, I, I was just thinking about that as you were running through the running through it and about, about maybe, about maybe uh, taking the ball, you know, maybe they do take the ball. I mean, I, I, you know, maybe get the ball when it's nothing, nothing, you know, and see, and see what happens. Cause I, I the, um, the, the, at some point, you just can't, you know, you just can't cover all these guys. And, and at some point they're going to bust out. Of course, it's the, the question is when, how, and it usually takes, you know, it's like one, it takes, you know, I was thinking about this too. I was thinking about uh, that uh, playoff run, you know, and it kind of started, uh, it started with Baltimore, you know, and it, it, yep. it really, really that uh, the big, the big 525 yard day and it kind of, it kind of snowballed, you know, and does it take one play? Does it take one game? I don't know. I think it happens. And when does it happen? It's got to happen. You know, it's got to happen now. You know, you can't, you know, run it out of time. But I just, I'm I'm amazed at the offensive firepower they have. And how do they, how okay. do they get it, you know? Okay, let me uh, throw another possibility out there at you. Yeah. Up-tempo. Go, yeah. no huddle, go up-tempo. And from the get go and see if that can kickstart him, because one thing you want to do, not only you want to win the line of scrimmage physically, you want to beat up, you want to win those physical battles. You also want to keep a defense on its heels. And one way to do that, if you can execute, and I believe in Burrow's ability, ultimately, uh, and at a very high level to execute uh, is to speed up the defense get them out of, allow them not to set into positions so they feel as comfortable. you got to get the defenses, Butch, feeling yeah. as uncomfortable as, as Burrow and the offensive line feel right now. You I think they tried the to trip. do that. I mean, I, I I think they tried to do that against Dallas. They, they tried to up tempo. They just didn't get into a rhythm. You know, they just didn't get into a rhythm. A couple of couple penalties, a sack, yeah. and a rhythm. You, they they, they did try to hurry up. They, they tried it, but they got they got to try it and execute well. Oh yeah, and yeah. I mean, obviously, here's a guy. Here's a guy. I remember, and not to cut you off, but uh, you talk about the no huddle. The key guy, and this goes way back for Bengals fans, but they get it. Rodney Holman, I thought. Yep, was the, but and Boomer. Yep. Yep. The guy that never came off the field. You know, so who is this year's? You know, who is this version of Rodney Holman? It's not a tight end, but it's probably Joe Mixon. You know, because he's so good at uh, he's so good at. Um, uh, you know, uh, lining up as a receiver, you know, and lining up in the backfield. And so, you know, they've, they've got, they've got the versatility. That's what, that's what those, those great no huddle teams had, which is, which is what you need. You need versatility guys that can, you know, the certainly have that. I would think offensively yeah. they, and certainly yeah, the only thing is what's the sample, the you know, you know, we're going to find out about Drew sample. I think we'll probably see Asiasi is probably going to make his Bengals debut. I would bet. Right uh, in New York because I'm I'm not sure what, what Drew Sample situation is. It didn't look good with the knee. We still waiting word on that. But uh, you know, so now they're down to two. You know, now they're down to two tight ends. So what's that? You know, what's that mean too? So, but um, 
I don't know. They tried. It looks to me like they tried a lot. They, you know, they kind of emptied their, uh, you know, they went heavy a lot. You know, they used Dante Smith as an extra lineman, you know. So, I mean, uh, they're trying to they're trying to find something. And I would imagine that uh, we'll probably get the whole thing on uh, Sunday. All right. Uh, let's talk about we're here with uh, Jeff Hobson of the of Bengals.com does a great job covering the Bengals. And uh, before we move on to something else I want to cover in terms of the team, uh, you had a great story here and I want to bring it up. Cincy Joe against Jersey Joe. Jets quarterback Joe Flacco writes Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com who makes his 21st start against the Bengals Sunday in New York has been around so long. Did you know this, Butch? I think you did because you wrote it. Yeah. Has been around so long that his NFL debut came on the 100th birthday of Paul Brown and in a game between the Bengals founders, two teams. The date, September 7th, 2008 in Baltimore. A 17-10 Ravens win. So welcome back, Joe Flacco. You're yeah, you interested I, in seeing Flacco this Sunday and how he looks? Oh, I, uh, I, 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 because you know, you can always find him. Uh, you, you know where he's going to be, you know, not exactly mobile. Uh, Bengals <laughs> have had good success against him. Of course, it doesn't, you know, all that stuff is, uh, uh, I mean, is apples and oranges because it's different defenses and, and, uh, and different coordinators and different players. But, you know, it was uh, Sam Hubbard had his first NFL sack against them, and Jesse Bates had his first NFL interception against them. So he's not a uh, he's not a uh, you know he's not a uh, he's not unfamiliar to these guys, and uh, he's obviously dangerous as he showed in the final 155 on Sunday. He's got a Super Bowl MVP in his pocket, but uh, you know this may be exactly what the pass rush needs. Uh, you're going to find that. you'll be able to get to Joe Flacco. So uh, why have the Bengals had such terrible luck in New York? You realize how many times they've won in the Meadowlands, not, not just MetLife, but across the parking lot in, in where a former um, ill repute may or may not be buried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, won't name the name. Uh, I want to keep this podcast uh, still going, as a matter of yes. fact. Uh, but even across the parking lot at Meadowland at uh, Giant Stadium, yeah. they never won. No, one, the only one. The one, only one I, I don't know. I mean, the only time I remember them winning is the nine uh, eleven game in uh, twenty sixteen with uh, yes with uh, AJ and uh, Andy. Tyler and that was, and they barely hung on to win that game. They yeah. had to fend off Fitzy. It seems like they had to fend off Fitzy at the end. But uh, no, you're exactly it. right, Frank. I, what it is? What is it about New York? I, uh, um, you know, I. That's the only two times I remember the Fitzy fending off Fitzy, and then the great '81 game on the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, Thirty-one thirty, as a matter yeah. of fact, second week of the year. The uh, the heads uh, the uh, headsets went out and Lindy Infante was hanging off the uh, press was hanging off the press box giving the hand signals to Kenny. Anderson. I did so, not know that. Is that, that true? Was, that's what they said. That's what that's what Kenny says. And uh, the U.S. Open was the great story, the great lap story about how the offensive line almost didn't get there because the the cab driver took him to or the guy who took the uh, the guy who ran the hotel van. Took him to Yankee Stadium instead of Shea Stadium. I mean, this is uh, this is 
this is this is before the Meadowlands, you know. This is going back to the Meadowlands, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, it it is perplexing it because is. I uh, uh, they've gone down. I mean, as you know, tracks they've gone down there with a hell of a lot better teams than the Giants and Jets in many years. And they and well, last year they had that game won, and yeah. I think Bengal fans, uh, you know, still. That's six in their craw a little bit, blowing an 11-point lead, 31-20 with whatever, 4-25 to go in the game, and they couldn't hold on to the lead. No, it was – that's one, you know, that going into this year, you're thinking, well, that's – they've lived that. They're not going to give any away like that, you know. Well, they haven't had a lead to to blow, but I think that that, uh, you know, I – that they kind of, I think they grew up a little bit that day too, because I think they used that game. Yes. I mean, that was uh, they came back. Remember the next week they came where they came back. They got hammered by the Browns the next week and went into the bye. And uh, they seemed to kind of get there. Uh, they seemed to kind of steady themselves. Um, different situation now, different point in the season. But I, I, I think with you know this 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 schedule has the same cadence as last year. Uh, game on the road this week, and then boom, quick week Thursday night at home, which is great. You know, a Thursday night home game is a gift. So, I don't know about you, but when I was in that locker room, Bengals locker room on Sunday in Dallas, I got the sense for the first time that frustration was starting to creep in. And I saw it with Jamar, saw it a little bit with Tyler. Whenever you hear, we've got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. We've got to stop with the mistakes. We all have to get on the same page. Yeah. I'm like, mm, they're, they're saying something there. I don't know if you got that same sense, that same vibe, but that's just that that was my takeaway. And certainly you already mentioned Jamar hasn't had a lot of downfield shots. And he kept talking about, you know, we need to take shots downfield. However, by hook or by crook, we got to get the ball downfield. I got to get you know, my shots downfield to start making big plays. Did you get that sense? Did yeah, I did. I heard nothing that surprised me. Uh, I think you were going to get, I think you were going to get what you were going to get after a team lost its second game in a row to open the season. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I think, uh, like I say, they're so talented on offense that uh, to, to not, to not be able to break out uh, those guys are going to, uh, they're going to be pissed, you know? Yeah, I, I think, I, and I, but I think it's, but I, I was also struck by the fact that as opposed to years past, like the first couple of, you know, Zach's first couple of teams, I mean, nobody was hiding from you, you know, all the, you know, Jamar stood at the, Jam- yep. Jamar stood in front of his locker. Tyler stood in front of his locker. Mixon stood in front of his locker. Burrow went to the thing, went to the podium. I mean, nobody, nobody was ducking and dodging, you know? And uh, that that struck me a little bit, too, was, uh, you know, so I think that's uh, that would that was interesting, too. And I think that's a I think that's why they're going to work their way out of this thing, because, you know, I think we've all talked. I think we've all said this, uh, Trags, the locker room is uh, pretty good. It is a very good locker room. I, I love covering the locker room. I agree. And, I, and I that, agree. that's the thing that struck me. I, I mean, I knew I mean, I guess I was kind of, you know. I've been in a locker room where there were guys screaming that they want the ball. So, you know, or, or pointing at coaches, you know what I mean? So I uh, think that, uh, 
they're a long way from that. Geez, the Browns have already had a players only meeting for God's sakes. I mean, that doesn't usually happen until uh, I, I, you I, don't, know, October. I don't think that's so, a good sign because no, and, and these guys are not going to have a, uh, you know, I was talking to Dick. That's another thing that struck me. And I, and I wrote about this, but it's not on Monday, you know, you had kind of people are going nuts, you know, and it's, and you do have, there's two, there's two parts of this job. There's the outside and there's the inside. And outside at 0-2, you know, the Bastille is being stormed. There's chaos in the streets, you know. Inside, you know, it can be like that. But I noticed that there was kind of two oases of calm. DJ Reader on defense and Ted Karras on offense. Solid right. veterans, guys have been around. Obviously, there's urgency. They're not happy. But, you know, DJ yeah, Reader was on it. Yeah, DJ Reader was on a team that was 0-3 and, and made the playoffs. Teddy Karras was in the 28-3 game. So, yeah, I mean, I it was kind of interesting to see the reaction on Sunday and Monday. I thought it was indicative of a team of a team that has been to the big game. So, and and I definitely am of the belief, Butch, that talent rises. It just eventually yep. does. If you yep. believe in the talent, if you yep. give the talent time and and i'm not saying that this bengal team can't rise to the challenge it's just that i would like to see them take the bull by the horns and really dominate at the line of scrimmage to real quick on the defense because we haven't really talked about the defense right. two a couple of things they've cre created one turnover yeah. in two games that's got to change and lord knows they've been trying you know uh I think it was uh, Lou Anarumo said that Trey Hendrickson came up to him one time after a Steeler possession in week one and said, I did everything I possibly could. I had hit, punched the ball. I hit the ball flush with my yeah. hand punching yeah. it and it wouldn't come out. Um, so they have, I don't really know how Trubisky held on 99 out of a hundred times. The quarterback loses that ball. Right. I don't know. I was, that was 99 out of a hundred times. But yeah, no, you're right. They got to get them. And uh, that was the difference from Pete. That was a difference in the playoffs. Yes, they were terrible. able to correct. And uh, the other thing is they've got to get to the quarterback. They, they have one, they have two sacks and 10 quarterback hits in total uh, over two games. They've got to get more pressure on the opposing quarterback, make them feel the way Burrow feels a little bit and start turning that's how you turn the tide in these games is you start making the other team feel uncomfortable and the Bengals were able to do that in the second half of last year they certainly were able to do that uh in the playoffs and I think until they get back to that defensively they're not going to be as easily able to dictate the tempo because I think a lot of people came came into this season thinking the Bengals could dictate tempo purely by their offense, and that's not the case. Well, this defense is going to get turnovers because they have. Um, and I think that's – I do believe in that where they do come in bunches. I know it's a cliche, but the reason it's a cliche is because it's true. True, right. Right? So, um, you know, like I said, there's going to uh, – something's going to – there's going to be a bounce or something that – you know, but it's just, a, it's just a matter of when. But I think defensively, um, I think they've been, I, to me, they've been as advertised. I know they gave up two early, you know, uh, two early drives in Dallas was, was, was how Dallas had done nothing in the opener. 
And then they came out and scored two times the first two times they had it with a backup quarterback. But it, bottom line is they held them to 17. I mean, they played well enough to win the game, much, much, you know, better than that. They played, they played, they played, and they played good enough to win on, on Sunday too. I mean, you know, uh, Sunday they got uh, against Dallas in Dallas. They get they get gouged a little bit early in a run game, and I count that forty-seven yarder. Really, it went down as a pass, but that was kind of a correct. That, that, that was kind of a uh, a jet sweep, really. You know, and they shut it down. You know, they shut down a run. You know, because that was you know you you know that Dallas wanted to to pound the ball, and they couldn't. You know, and I thought that was you know that was that's a good defense because that could have been that could have been a that could have been a, an abyss if they kept giving it to Zeke. And Pollard, and they couldn't stop him. That had all the aroma of a twenty-four, you know, ten game. If 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 the defense doesn't step up, and it did, and they had to throw, and they didn't, and they didn't, and they couldn't score. So I mean, I thought the defense is advertised. best corner, nobody knows. DJ Reader, best nose tackle, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yep, Logan Wilson. Jermaine Pratt, best linebacker tandem. Nobody knows. These guys can play. I am with you a thousand percent on all of that, Butch. It's just that I think the Bengals defense needs to come up with one or two big yeah. plays to give them the sense of, yes, we're, we're playing very well, but we can also impact a game and be game changers. And, you know, until they get those turnovers, maybe put some points on the board defensively, which I thought they'd be able to do against these first two uh, teams. They haven't. Uh, but, go ahead. No, I was going to say the, uh, you know, it was only, what, 17 games last year. There were only five games they had a sack or less in five games. And they've already had two, which is kind of, uh, you know, that's against the the trend. And I, I think that's probably the big stat that's got to get reversed, the sacks for, sacks against. Yep. You know, and uh, uh, but yeah, but I mean, we've been, you know, that's how, you know, we've been talking about turnovers and it's um, and it, it's and it's how do you get turnovers? Because turnovers to me, everybody knows it's the biggest stat in football. That's why it was a travesty that Kenny Riley has gone 40 years without getting into the finals voting in the Hall of Fame. It's a game of turnovers. And this was the fifth greatest turnover guy of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Turnovers are key. It's how do you get them, obviously. And um, how do you get them? You know, you play fast. You have a lead. You take some chances. You yeah. get a bounce. Right. You know, and I, I just think, you know, once they're up 10 to 3 instead of down 10 to 3, you know, hey, Let's go old school. Let's go old school, Trag. Let's let's uh, let's take the ball. <laughs> well, uh, if I, only I could get on the field and have something to do with it, Butch. All I can do is pen my stories based on what I see, and that's what I love doing. You would be a perfect game captain for uh, Coach Taylor. I think Coach Taylor does a great job managing this team. I think Zach does a really good job with managing his club, and one of them is, you know coming up with game captains and, yes. you know, I think he's, I think he really, you know, you would be a great one. Obviously you'd be a, a game captain for the new England game. Of course. <laughs> but uh, I think, uh, but no, I think, you know, you'd be a, you'd be a good game captain. Uh, uh, I think Thursday night for the ring of honor game, because 
You grew uh, up in grew up in Cincy and is now covering the team. But, and and uh, I am a huge Isaac Curtis fan. Huge. There you go. So so I think Coach would probably make it a game captain. But uh, it'll be interesting. It's interesting. To see. I, I I do think the coin toss is just interesting because I know. I bet a buck Brian and Zach talked about it. Because remember, they, uh, I thought, Zach and Brian, by the way, I think they're very open. I think they're very good interviews. I think particularly. Yes, they're honest. I mean, they're yeah, really. I agree. They're really, they're really smart guys. And they talked about, yeah, they talked about everything in those 20 minutes before Zach came downstairs to talk to the media. I bet they talked about that, too, you know. Uh, uh, and, uh, but I think, you know, uh this is a new era. This is a new wave. I think Zach's going to talk to his team. You know, this is a player. This is a player's generation, you know, and I think Zach's got a Zach and Brian have a real good feel for that. Yes. Dan Pitcher, the quarterback's coach, and they know what these guys are thinking and they know what these guys want. And I think that will be, uh, and I think that's good because I think, uh, and Burrow has talked about this before, you know, that he's got a pretty good, uh, he's got a pretty good channel to what's going on. Well, we got to wrap it up, Butch. Um, it has been a pleasure to talk with you. It's been a pleasure reminiscing, looking back on going to a Red Sox Reds game with you, which was memorable to say the very least. Be sure to follow Jeff Hobson on Twitter at Jeff Hobson, C I N all one word. That's G E O F F H O B S O N C I N. There you go. And be sure to follow his great work on Bengals.com. Butch, thank you. Craig, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to, uh, like I said, in my, uh, in my post on Facebook, here's a guy that, uh, grew up in Cincinnati, covered the Boston sports team, like main, like Mike Haynes and came back home where he belongs. Thanks, Butch. Thanks, Craig.